You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home too? The place to do it is Aaron's. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love, online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at Aaron's. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Rowan. Um, I am back from Mexico, back to, ready to talk about some calves. Um, I want to give a big time shout out to both Ty Windish and Jeff Namana for filling in uh, for the for me over the last week. Uh, while the bowel movements were not solid, the pods were. And a big part of that is my co-host, Carter Rodriguez. Carter, how's it going, buddy? I miss talking to you. Miss talking to you. Uh would you say that your uh, that your resort was all inclusive? Sandals, Jamaica, all inclusive. I just wanted to make fun of you one more time before you got back at me. Oh yeah, um, you you definitely. Uh, you, there was no making fun of me over the last two podcasts, which was really nice. None. Um, I'm glad you didn't listen. Um, I actually want to jump into that because I did listen. Before I get into this, I want you to imagine me on my flight home. My wife sitting next to me, five hours next to me before she can t- finally tell me to like go screw off in another room or something. And she's looking over and she sees me taking these notes as I'm getting ready to clap back. <laughs> so in my Samsung notes, I have things like jerseys are fine. Tristan and I can compartmentalize being a scumbag because we're Canadian. Um, Trevor did a great job on Zion injury concerns, and I still don't give a shit. New lottery odds hasn't taken the skill out of team building. Drafting high is not as important as scouting and development. Nuggets, Bucks, Warriors, Raptors, all as examples. Carter is wrong and dumb about the Clippers. Kawhi wants to be in L.A. and hates LeBron. It's not that difficult. It's a better run organization, and it's the best. Team. What what about them is better run, Justin? Tell me all about the great successes of the of of the new look, of the new look Clippers. Tell me all about it. 
<laughs> They've been better run this decade. Uh, that's that's all I'm saying. Yeah, they, they were they, a really happy, happy organization there. You know, well, uh, happiness has nothing to do with how well you're run. Um, but before we get into that, because I really don't give a shit about the no, Clippers. no, nobody does. Hiding being a bro. This was an accusation that was lobbed at me, and I, and I have confusion. I, I, don't, I don't believe I am ever hiding anything that I am. And also, you said that snorkeling was the more douchey option. Is snorkeling douchey? I, I need to know this. Um, I would say by comparison. Uh, in comparison to diving, I see. It, it's yeah, funny. it just felt like I, I just imagined you with a little snorkel on your head. <laughs> it's funnier. I, would, I don't know if it's douchier, but it's funnier. I was so close to snorkeling too. Um, we we booked a catamaran trip uh, for the oh, day wow. after the wedding, which was really really smart. Um, and I got seasick within the second wave. I got like violently ill. Was ready to like faint. My hands were going numb. It was fantastic. Um, don't go on a uh, don't go on a boat when you're throwing up before you get on the boat. That's that's my moral of story. Who um, do you think's had uh, a smoother transition? You to the to a boat or LeBron to the city of Los Angeles? <laughs> it's funny you mention him because I saw his uh, mentality when I was at the Cancun airport. It was walking by me the other way. Um, <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, well done. Thank you, thank you. But uh, yes, I am back. I'm ready to talk some calves. And um, as you had kind of hypothesized there um me being away might have made the Cavs fun because uh while there were moments in this game against the Brooklyn Nets my our our son our large adult son Jetty Osmond had a bit of an off night from uh from the field one of his first not fun games in a while so thanks a lot Justin glad to have (laughs) you back oh it's good to be back um to his credit he he did some other nice things. He rebounded well. He passed. He got some assists out there. Uh, led to a lot of Kevin Love three-point um, attempts that resulted in fouls. So that was good. Um, yeah. Kevin Love has been pretty amazing since he's been back. Man. Yeah. It's – I think it was um, – it might have – it was an interview with Channing now. Now I remember um, where they, he was basically saying – you just kind of look up and all of a sudden you realize that love has another double double. He has all these big stats and, and this was just another great game from him. And it's, it, it's so good to have him in because when, especially when Jetty's having an off night, Sexton didn't exactly have a great game. Um, but when those three aren't on the floor, this is a really tough team to watch. Yeah. I mean, as much as I love St- sauce Castillo and our boy crowd favorite, David Nwaba, who just, should be eating minute more and more minutes every night. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the, I've, I mean, I talked about it a lot with Nam, but like love just raises the floor of everyone around him and it just kind of makes everyone that 10% more watchable, 10% better at what they're doing. And uh, you really feel that when he's out there and you really feel it when he's not. <laughs> so I need you to fill me in a little bit because I, I missed, I guess, three games, uh, from the Cavs while I was on my trip. And uh, just kind of looking at this box score, has Marquise Chris kind of worked his way out of 
the lineup and a more serious role because I, that was inevitably going to happen. But did, did that kind of happen while I was away? Because I'm looking at his last five games. He's shooting 18% from the floor, 21% from the field, and getting about 15 minutes a night. Uh, well, let to- me tell you, the eye test matches the game log. He had four turnovers and five fouls in 11 minutes tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, he's just not very good, but that's okay. He's not supposed to be good. That's not the point of this. No. <laughs> and, like, he'll be out of the rotation once Tristan comes back, if Tristan ever comes back. Yeah, um, that that's kind of weird to me that he still isn't back, uh, especially right. when I don't think it's weird at all. <laughs> he does have a lot going on in his life, to, to be uh, fair. Well, yeah, that and like they don't want him to come back <laughs> would be my would be my guess. Um, I think they are telling him to you know maybe extend his vacation a little bit longer because um, he he would make them too good ultimately. Like I mean, Marcus Chris is just like this little tanking weapon you have that you can just pull out of your back pocket whenever you need. Same with Sauce Castillo and um, Zizic. <laughs> Yeah, and well, and Zizic, who hasn't been playing the last couple of games because of a concussion. But, like, you know, those guys are so nice to have, and Tristan helps you win games. And, you know, while they're not, like, actively tanking, I don't think they're going out of their way to, like, get healthy either, you know. It's somewhere in, in between. I mean, they only are uh, two games up on the Bulls on the tank race. So, I mean, I know it doesn't make a big deal but in the end, but – They'd rather not. I, I wonder if Tristan plays again this season. And if he does, if it's like in what they were doing with Love early where they're like, yeah, come in for 15 minutes. I, I think he's going to return uh, with that home game against the Raptors on Monday. Because um, after that point, the Cavs are basically either playing playoff teams or teams that need a win to get into the playoffs. Um, I think the only exception to that is kind of like Orlando and then they play Dallas. Um, well, I mean – Orlando's trying Dallas. to get into the playoffs. Probably the could, could be right now. Yeah. Um, so I guess Dallas would be the exception, but they have Lucas, so they can win any game. But yeah, I, I mean, they, they play Toronto, they play the Bucks twice, they play the Spurs a couple times, Golden State, Boston. Um, it, it's all teams that, that are going to need wins. Um, so I, I think once you bring Tristan back there, it's going to take him time to, to get back, to be fully healthy. And there's such a log jam at center that I, I don't think he's going to see much more than like 22 minutes um, for the rest of the season. But I do, I do think he's going to get back into the lineup. I'll tell you what, Justin, as I say this, the Bulls just finished off a comeback win against your Philadelphia 76ers. Would you that's look at news. that? That That's would really you, nice. Would, would you look that. at that? <laughs> that's good to see. And then we're we're going to get another uh, bit of help in in the tanking battle with the Knicks taking on the Suns. I don't know. Uh, I think that one. Yeah, it's still in the third. But one of those teams is going to get a win. So that's that's nice to see. They inherently must. That's how <laughs> basketball works. Um, there's still time for someone to pull the fire alarm though, and yeah, and cancel the game. <laughs> so let's not rule that out just yet but uh yeah it's uh it's a good night for the tank uh not a great night for young development um one thing i actually did want to talk to you about more in depth that uh you and nam had kind of talked about um kevin love had also tweeted today just kind of reiterating um how much he appreciated adam silver talking about depression with players and 
and just kind of the unhappiness around the league. And that's some, that was one of the few things that I felt like I, I really missed over the break that I, I wanted to talk about. Um, cause I, I do think it's interesting. Um, to me, I listen to Adam Silver's comments and beyond kind of the ridiculous thing of him saying, Oh yeah, the bulls had great team chemistry. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just kind of wonder if it's more something that's directly related to the league or if this is just kind of society more in general, like, are, are we just kind of more in tune with our emotions? Like, do we, yeah, do I, we kind of recognize that, that we're unhappy a little more than we used to? Well, it's like, I don't know. It's so nebulous that I'm almost uncomfortable talking about it because it's like, are they unhappy? Or are they unhappy with their current situation? You know, I mean, I think there's a lot of situational unhappiness right now because no one feels like they can win a title. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely agree. That That's a big so part of it. <laughs> so it's like this weird, like, we, there's no value in working towards the thing that we think we're supposed to be working towards. So I think that creates this net natural, like, unhappiness. And then, you know, socially, maybe there is more unhappiness around the league. It's It's impossible to know. It really is. I mean... I do think that there's a lot of merit to the idea that social media is isolating in its community um, because it gives you And uh, this is like the big social media and not to go on this big rant that people don't want to hear, but like social media in a lot of ways is all about giving you um, placebo emotions. You know, like if, if I post something political on Facebook or something like something in the, in an activist role, like, Hey, we shouldn't be doing X. I feel like you probably get the same short term endorphins you do, you get from actually helping someone with something. No, no. That's, you know, like you can lie to yourself into thinking you are doing good activist work. Um, and in the same way, I think that if you are, you get the same short term endorphins of community but then it kind of fate. Those are, it's all sugar rush uh, endorphins. Like they don't stick around. Right. Um, and I do think there's something to the idea that maybe that's leading to players being unhappy. And that's a, maybe that's a societal thing. It's, it's hard to know. I can't figure out what kind of unhappiness we're talking about here though. I guess that's my overall takeaway. Yeah, that, that's really fair. I mean, if players kind of had that internal turmoil back in the day, there wasn't Twitter. Like you would just kind of go gambling. You'd get your dad killed over debts and stuff like that. Oh my God. Um, but even but even beyond that joke, like like if people are always unhappy at work, maybe players are just being. I just feel like we're all overreacting a little bit to this recent trend of guys forcing their way out a little bit early. It's right. just. Because because six years ago they just left they just waited a year and left in free agency, mm-hmm. and, no, and no, no one was sure. worried about them being unhappy. And, like, and I do think a, a big part of it is the Warriors. Like I, I, I think, think, even though it's kind of become a meme of the Warriors ruin the league, I, I think to some extent you're right that not playing for a championship kind of has made things uneasy for players, and, and maybe KD it's all nihilist. Yeah, and maybe KD leaving is going to change a lot of this because it's funny because KD to Golden State has kind of made everything meaningless. Like sports is... Arby's. Yeah, exactly. Like sports is escapism. And now a lot of players don't even kind of... It's probably tough. They can't sell themselves to fantasy. Yeah, you can't buy in on it. 
but even then like and and maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm wrong here and and players are significantly less happy than they were five six years ago um i wonder how much we're over extrapolating the Kyrie irving experience here um we might, no one seems this, that this might be a bill simmons effect yeah it, it i really am wondering if it is because and not saying anything you know disparaging in that capacity but like I don't know if anyone thinks Kawhi Leonard is still unhappy. He just didn't want to play in San Antonio anymore, and now he doesn't, and he'll go where he wants to this summer. Like, I've got no impressions that he's unhappy. It feels like Paul George, who forced his way out of Indiana, he seems pretty happy. Um, you know, Anthony Davis is currently unhappy because he's surrounded by a dramatic shit show. Yeah. Um, LeBron is probably a little unhappy because there's negative drama around him, but that's not, not anything new. I don't know. I just wonder if we're over-extrapolating the Kyrie thing. Because the Kyrie thing is the one we can't explain, right? Uh, Like, even KD is pretty easy to explain. KD is – he thought that winning titles would earn him affection and praise. And instead, he has just received nothing but scorn. And he says, oh, well, I wanted those things, so I need to pivot. Yeah, it sucks for KD because he may have made a lot of the league miserable and uneasy, but he also didn't find that fulfillment himself. Like, yeah, it's oh, I don't even have to really earn these. I yeah, but if he's yeah, Yeah. but if he's unhappy, we get it. You know, like that makes sense to me. Um, Kyrie, I don't think anyone understands why he is so moody, and then it he's such a big name that we just want to extrapolate it everywhere. Yeah, and Bill Simmons asking the question Adam Silver might yeah. also be a yeah. factor there. Because, I mean, Simmons and I, – I, it's so unfair to, to say the ringer as much as it's easy and fun to do um, because they're, they're not all the same people. They're not, they don't all have the same allegiances. But there's obviously a Boston slant to a lot of it. And they love pre-agency. They, they love the drama – until it affected their team and it's kind of funny to see the the switch in how Simmons feels about this when it's happening to him and not for him um but yeah and I think that's definitely a thing and you know like especially a voice as big as Simmons when he does have the platform to ask Adam Silver that question and in fairness like Adam Silver didn't say I don't think our players aren't happy, so maybe there's more to it than I think there is. I just can't figure it out. I, I, I'm just not quite there yet on pushing the panic button on all this stuff because I feel like everyone's really spiraling about this, dude. No, I, I'm not even pushing the panic button, but I just I find it an interesting topic to discuss. Just because oh, I don't I, think you are. I think a lot of people are. Oh, for sure, for sure. And I do think that my my favorite theory is still that kd leaving is going to kind of bring some balance to this um but i I do think in in general a lot of silver what it's silver is saying there is kind of more about society as a whole and Uh and just trying to find fulfillment because we we have more time certainly by that and Uh, we we look inside a whole lot more than we used to i think well i i don't know if you saw the the bo burnham uh speech uh one of his acceptances for eighth grade which was an awesome movie, by the way, about what it's like to grow up in this era. Um, many people know I proselytized for that movie. Um, but he's talking about how, you know, a lot of people bemoan uh, younger generations as being self-conscious. And he kind of says, uh, society has made them conscious of themselves always. And uh, th- that is a bit of what social media does. 
um, you're kind of constantly having to evaluate and compare uh, yourself to um, inequivalent standards. Uh, and so maybe there's, there's a factor there. It, it, it's just really hard to know. Um, I would actually like, I would like to get a sense of whether people are actually unhappy, but I don't think, I think those two things are not linked. I just don't, I, I, I think that guys have always wanted to move and change teams around. Um, and it's not necessary. Well, maybe they are linked to some extent, but I'm just not all the way comfortable with guys aren't happy because of social media and that's why no one wants to stay on their teams. That's no, just, that, that, I think that's, that's I, where I Simmons is correlation. letting his, yeah, his biases come in. I don't know, how do you feel about the state of the league right now? I I'm, I'm interested in what you, what you have to say on this. I think it's in a really healthy place in that there's a lot of talent in the league. I think that, um, as I've said before, KD leaving, I, I think it opens the door to a lot of teams being a contender, and I think that's a positive. I do think that there might be some diminishing returns from the drama in that it's just going to kind of wear people down. And while it's not an issue right now, I do think it has the the potential to impact more kind of casual fans because we'll, we'll eat this shit up no matter what. Um, but for the people that just kind of care about their local team, um, I do think the constant drama, the instability, the um, not honoring of contracts, I, I think that it could be a turnoff for some people. And, and I know we've had people uh, voice that concern in our Discord chat as well, that it's, it's a little tougher for them. And uh, it's something that I understand. Um, I don't think it's going to impact my individual viewing habits, but I, I understand that I'm kind of in the minority there in terms of I want to be watching no matter what. I'm I'm going to be watching the Cavs. Even if I didn't have the podcast, I'd probably be watching the Cavs lose to the Nets on a random Wednesday in March. So I, I, I thought it was really cool that you just brought uh, back the opening monologue from basketball. Um, but... <laughs> But yeah, I guess I don't know, man. It just like it just. I'm I'm really interested in. Um, I've been doing a lot more problem solving at work than I've ever had to do, um, and kind of uh, a lot of creative thinking in that capacity of like, okay, I've got this thing, we've got this problem. What are all our symptoms? How do we fix this? Right, and I just have noticed more often than not, there's a lot of people that try to fix the wrong the symptom not the problem mm-hmm. and i just think the problem is that the warriors are ruined everything <laughs> <laughs> and like and to be clear this isn't even whining because i'm still having an okay time with this season but like you know it's just the drama i think you get diminishing returns on all this trade drama because it's like watching an episode of the kardashians it's just drama for drama's sake there's no stakes doesn't matter that the that the Sixers picked up Jimmy Butler at the from the Wolves because it doesn't make them any more likely to win a title this year. Right, right. Um, you know when all this stuff starts mattering again, uh, if if KD does indeed leave, um, it just like it just gives a, a a base to to all the drama. It it now means something if a team picks up someone you know a mercurial but talented personality. Now it's just like, oh, I wonder how that'll go. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean it doesn't matter, but I wonder how it'll go. Like that's how you that's how you have to evaluate every single transaction in the league right now. Yeah, it, it gives players an outlet. It, it gives them something to focus on. It gives them a goal to shoot for with their day job, and I, I think that, that's important because you can kind of have your individual goals and. Um, it gives GM sure. something to shoot for. <laughs> like I, I think the only team that realistically feels like they're really building something and and that they 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 have a chance to win it's probably the bucks like even the warriors they they have to understand that if they had a tough series and they're they battled as hard as they could and they lost people are going to say that was a disappointment from them the story is going to be the warriors failing because they have so much talent it's not going to be someone else taking it from them um Whereas like the Bucks, it's okay. This is kind of just this unique situation. Giannis has taken the leap. Let's take advantage of it. If we go to the war, uh, if we go to the finals and challenge the Warriors, Durant's on the way out the door. We we don't have to win. We're still going to be here. This is a team that we can. Yeah, keep but that's together. that's, that's diehard. Shit. But that's diehard shit. That's stuff we care about. No, I'm, I'm talking. Are not I'm, interested. Uh, no, I'm I'm talking about the players. Like I, I think that that. Oh, I don't care about the players. <laughs> I think what well, the whole damn discussions about the players. Oh, I mean, like I just again, I just think it's like that's all symptoms. Like I just think that that's what I was trying to pivot back to. It was like I just think it's a symptom. I think all this unhappiness, and I think guys are always going to be unhappy. They're always going to move, but we're not going to like. We're not going to panic about it if we have something else to care about. If there's something to ground the drama, that was my point. Like, guys have been demanding trades since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, yeah. They've been forcing their way out of town. They've been going from small markets to big markets. They've been going from the Knicks to somewhere or the fuck else. Uh, like, it doesn't – it's just all ruined by the Warriors being an unbeatable albatross hanging around the league's neck. Hashtag blame KD. Let's, let's blame, blame KD. Let's – Let's but be- to that end, you know, if if he was more content and fulfilled, he wouldn't be leaving in the first place. So his his discontent is going to fix the problem. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, fi- finally, some drama that'll have meaning. I'm I'm looking forward to that. It, yeah, it, my brother, my brother has stopped watching the NBA because he's just like, yeah, it's, you know, it's hard for me to get. And my brother loves basketball, but he's like, it's just hard to get invested. I think there's a lot of kayfabe going on. If I'm being perfectly honest, like I, what do you I, mean? I, I think some of oh, this. Oh like, yeah, this is a good. I like this. Like people I, are just, the league's got to sell something. The league has to sell something. I, oh, I think certain point. players understand things. I think Kyrie intentionally will fuck with the media and stuff like that. And I, I think there, this is also the players testing to see just how much power they really have. Like they want the attention. They're like, okay, what can I do? How far can I go here? How far can I push the limit? And how much consequence comes with that? And I, I do think some of it's performative. I think some of them know exactly what they're doing. And it's just feeding the machine. It's it's an understanding that, hey, there's no other storyline. Um, shit, even Kyrie, he's talked about this. He He firmly believes because Kobe has told him you need someone to kind of stir shit up and, and get the media all riled up about the team so that it's something to distract and something to rally around. And I think with the Celtics being as much of a gong show as they've been this season, I, I think some of what he's doing is just, Hey, let's 
turn the media into the enemy. Let's say that they're swing and a miss, Kyrie. And yeah, <laughs> he hasn't done it in a smart way at all. But I, I do think that there's a, that's a big element to this. Yeah, I, I think I think even more than like it being an active thing from players, I think you know I think collectively as a as a media, we have to cover something. We have to have like we have to like if the NBA can't be about who's going to win the title, right? It, it has to be about something. So if you're hosting the jump. And you've got a. Like, <laughs> I was going to mention Nichols. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's. I think Nichols has been really the big. Um, I don't think anyone pushes the drama harder than Nichols, and I don't even think she's wrong to because that's what the most interesting thing anyone has in their back pocket when they're talking about the NBA right now. No, the, the I mean, jump I mean, is a good TV show because yeah. she understands that's good TV. And when you think about the kinds of, I, I don't know how many casual conversations you have about the NBA in Winnipeg. Uh, probably not a ton. Less, uh, less, less than most of you. <laughs> yes. Uh, and even in Columbus, it's not a, not a pro sports town, really, uh, ultimately. But when I do hear about it, it's normally about drama. It's very rarely about a team that is just playing really well. Like, I've had so many more, uh, you know, Kyrie unhappy talks than the Bucks are a historically good regular season team. And, and I just think that's because that's what you have to sell right now. I don't know. When when I was at work here in Winnipeg, I used to hear a lot about, man, the Hawks just play some sound basketball. Well, they do, Justin. They're yeah. a league pass darling. You should watch them more. <laughs> so I, I do think that there's an element of this. that It's just we're so much in our bubbles that it can throw off what reality actually is. And I, I do think you're right that a lot of people are just kind of looking at symptoms. And, and I, man... There, there's been a lot of stupid stuff. I mean, was was there anything other than that that was actually kind of noteworthy over the last week, or was it just? I kind mean, of the, the Lakers continuing to crater. That that is fun. That I I, 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 didn't I flipped on it. I'm actually annoyed now. You're you're annoyed. Yeah, because it's like one. It's I hate giving ammo to bad faith arguments, and this whole thing. <laughs> Like, everyone who hates LeBron, I swear to God, Justin, if I see Bron sexual one more time, especially from <laughs> Sam and Andy, I'm going to block him. I'm it's, so annoyed by it. it. It's it really such an is annoying the- term. And it's just like, it's just so, like, openly bad faith. And I'm in, like, people are just teeing off on this dude for not playing well after his the first ma- major injury of his career and not be able to drag this garbage roster that was in the fourth seed before he got hurt to the playoffs. And, like, yeah, he doesn't defend. He hasn't defended for four years, Justin. Yeah. Yeah. What are we talking about here? Like, talk about worrying about the wrong – worrying about uh, – the wrong thing and, uh, and, and treating the wrong part of the illness. Jesus Christ. Are we really going to pretend it's, it's his fault that the leading three point shooter on the team is Kyle Kuzma at like 32%. <laughs> Honestly, is that what we're doing here? I, I think that's a really good point. It, it is trade rumors caused everyone on that team to suck ass. Oh, good Lord. And, and Jeannie and her fake news. I still need to listen to low post because apparently they just absolutely eviscerate uh, the Lakers front office. And Well, um, they should. This sucks. And then, by the way, and I'm so annoyed that I'm being asked to defend 
LeBron this aggressively because I want to enjoy the schadenfreude with everyone else. But people are being so nonsensical. They're doing this, uh, like even like ostensible, otherwise very smart people who I who I would like, like Andrew Sharp tweeted something like, uh, like, do we really think, like everyone wants to pile on the Lakers front office, but do we really think LeBron didn't give his blessing? Is LeBron, is, is there another uh, superstar we do this to? No, Where no. if the roster around him sucks, we have to say, well, you know, LeBron signed off on this. Like, he's just as complicit. Like, <laughs> we, don't, we don't do that to Anthony Davis. We don't say, huh, well, I mean, he, he let them pay Drew Holiday. Like, <laughs> like, you know, we don't do that. Only Le- this is like this weird LeBron exceptionalism where no matter what the roster is, it's his fault if it's not good enough. And even and even if he did sign off on all these guys, and even if he did call up Magic and was like, "Hey, we should get Rondo," be a fucking grown up, Magic. No, no, for sure. And you're the GM. Say no. I. I How think- many times do you think David Griffin said no to LeBron when he wanted to trade for Melo? Oh yeah, many many times. I I think. It's amazing to me because I, I didn't expect it going this way. Like, I, I really thought that LeBron's kind of legacy and the way we talk about him was so set in stone that the attention would rightfully be turned to the front office and, and the the signings that they had this year. But even Lakers fans are like, no, we are perfectly okay with making LeBron the scapegoat this year. And it's because it's they hate him, Justin, and they always have. It's it's a really, this really is, interesting experience. This is what I didn't want. Uh, this is why I'm so annoyed. I didn't want him to go there because it's like, okay, it's a fan base that has hated him his whole career. will jump at the first excuse to turn on him. And it's like, even as someone who knows how complicated LeBron is, who has been more than happy to laugh at LeBron, be annoyed with by LeBron, you heard me plenty of times, be, do all those things. I don't think I'm a blind LeBron defender. Um, yeah, you're a bit of a stand, but yeah, continue. I, I stand harder than you because you don't like him. But, <laughs> but like, I, I just thought, like, what a crappy way to end your career. Because uh, it's going to end with him. I've I've said multiple times. I think his career in LA is going to end with him getting booed off the floor. Man, it's that is um, not as the second greatest player of all time. Maybe the greatest, depending on your perspective. Um. As, as you say that, I literally just saw a tweet saying, crowd groaning with boo sprinkled in as LeBron misses four straight free throws. Yep, that's what we're doing. Man, it, they, it really went this way. And it's so funny to me that at the same time, a lot of the blame is being lobbed on LeBron. And I, I understand parts of it. There's no way, one, there's no way he's healthy right now. And no, he's still, he he's still, putting, still putting up great numbers. But that's that I, I understand that's not going to really be brought up. Players, when they're playing, if you're on the court, people aren't going to use that as an excuse unless you're Steph Curry. Um, These motherfuckers it, are booing him for not being able to beat the one seed Denver Nuggets with JaVale McGee, Rajon Rondo, Josh Hart, Reggie Bullock, Mike Mascala, Moritz Wagner, and Lance and Lance, Lance Stevenson. Lance. Lance Stevenson. He'd probably be better if his name was Lance. Um, those, who are, those are the guys who have played for this team today. Man, that is just – it's – yeah, it's I get guys ball. are hurt. I get guys are hurt, which is why this is like I don't know, man. I don't think he's I don't think he's playing well. I think he's still hurt. Uh, I also think he is at the point in his career where he is probably not able to drag absolute garbage to the playoffs in a tough conference. What while also missing twenty 
to 25 games. Right. And I mean, like injuries happen. You, you have to kind of insulate yourself from this. You have to protect yourself. Carter, is there anything else you can think of that could help somebody protect themselves when bad things come up? <laughs> no, but I think you're going to tell me. You bet you I will, Carter. Life can be stressful, but getting life insurance shouldn't be. That's why there's Ethos. Ethos is a modern kind of life insurance that's super fast, incredibly affordable, and very uncomplicated. At getethos.com, there are no medical exams for policies covering under a million dollars, no hours of paperwork, or meetings with pushy representatives. It only takes 10 minutes to apply, and you can rest assured knowing that you've taken steps to protect your family, and in most cases with Ethos, you can have that peace of mind for less than a cup of coffee a day no hidden fees having life insurance can free you from stress getting life insurance shouldn't cause it discover how uncomplicated life insurance can be at ethos get your free instant quote and submit your complete application online in minutes just go to getethos.com that's e-t-h-o-s getethos.com getethos.com uh, the 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 thing about um, life insurance is stressful. Getting it shouldn't be, or something like that. I like yeah. that. I always stumble over that part of the read, but then I, I realize I think that's a nice bit of copywriting from from whoever supplied us that read. I I think that's it's awesome. uh I I think it's a it, it's a good read. It's a it's a good line there. I only stumbled a couple times. Did, and, did you and listen? I, I you know what? I like the no dealing with pushy representatives. Because let me tell you a little Mexico story. The oh, resort, my God. The resort we were staying at. Get the elevator music going. <laughs> wife wanted to take a day trip into Tulum. And we didn't want to pay. I think it was like 70 or 80 bucks US both ways. And we would have had to take another shuttle into Tulum from where we wanted to go. It would have cost a lot of money. So there was an option at the hotel where you can go free, but you have to listen to like a 90-minute spiel. And it was basically, it wasn't a timeshare, but it was pretty damn close to it. And the number, like the waves of people they would send at you was just over the top. Like after the fourth person, they're like, okay, you clearly don't want it. We're done here. Uh, we're going to send someone in that's going to talk to you. They're just here to make sure that we didn't beat you up too much, that you didn't feel pressured. And like after three questions in the survey, what if I do this? Just a, another freaking option thrown at me. It was probably worth saving the money, but my God, push your representative. I hate them. I was about to ask. Well, dude, that you paid your own different kind of price. That's the way you should frame it. I did. And I got Honestly. a free breakfast out of it too, which was nice. Oh my God. I, so you I, literally went to a timeshare presentation. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It was very, very close. And I was sitting there, I was like, eh, you know what? There's some good value here. I, I get it. And then I, they come with, uh, yeah, just one-time payment of $50,000 here. I'm like, eh, hey. eh, that's that's I should have checked your bank account first. <laughs> yeah, uh, surprisingly. Was it 50,000 pesos? Because that's probably not that much. No, it's 50,000 US, which is like mm, well, 150,000 Canadian. Yeah, hate to see it. Yeah, just hate to see it, Carter. So just like, <laughs> luckily, uh, Isaiah Thomas just checked in to get the Lakers back in the game. That so, is big. He, he might help LeBron for like the first time in a long yeah, time. Yeah, for the first time in his career. 
man. Well, you shouldn't say that because he did manage to to help shit the bed when he was in Boston. Yeah. So yeah, he, he gave him a up. fucking he gave him a fucking squad now. So he's <laughs> part of that. I I do like. Have you kind of noticed that it still thinks he's cool with LeBron for some reason? Yeah, and you're not, bro. He hates you. <laughs> but then, like, I don't know. It never mind. It's it's too dark. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go there. Uh, it's weird. Uh, but man, what a year for I told you so is for the Chase Down podcast. It really has been. Like we, I I what think else could we possibly be right about? You you know what I I want to say a little bit of a t- I told you so to you. Oh, I thought that this team was going to be fun and bad this year. And they've been fun and bad since Kevin Love came back. And this is what it could have been. This is what it could have been all year. I think it's in their best interest that it went this way, obviously, uh, with Love missing so much time. They're going to get a high pick out of this. They were able to sell off the veterans, which they should have done and wouldn't, maybe wouldn't have been incentivized. Like, if they still had George Hill, Kyle Korver, JR motivated, um, they they – probably would be kind of scrapping around there um probably be at about 28 wins right now and um it's it it would have been a very different season but i am just saying a little i told you so that they would be fun with kevin love yeah i mean you definitely knew um what a positive contributor brandon knight matthew delvadova um uh those guys definitely like you knew they were going to kind of help make this team a little bit more fun. I'm really I was really hoping you were going to say Chris just so that I really knew that you were I was, I was considering it. uh yeah I don't know man I've, I've been thinking about that a lot about what this team would have been like if love had stayed healthy part of me wonders if they just needed to to to, to burn it away and kind of be terrible for a minute and then figure it out because I think that's part of the joy I think they were they weren't playing with this much joy even when they had love the first couple games no, well, I, I, thought like, they had, I guess like generally maybe it had to be this way. I, I think if you rewatch those first two, I, I think you'd be surprised just how kind of fun they were to watch, though. Like, I, I really enjoyed myself. Minnesota was a better team than they turned out to be um, in the second game of the season. But I, I, I think you're right. I think this is for the best. And it was funny to see in that interview with Jason Lloyd that Kevin Love was kind of acknowledging that this is for the best. He's like, yeah, well, I'm, yeah. I'm watching a lot of college ball. Like, I, I think he has bought in. And I'm still convinced that this was kind of the plan all along. Maybe not to this extent. And, and Love being hurt uh, basically in preseason and trying to play through it really helped accelerate the process. But I I still think that their goal is a quick turnaround. And I'm I'm really hopeful that with Tristan Thompson love together and uh, a wing coming in from the draft and some development from Sexton and Jetty that this could be a good team next year or like a passable team. Yeah, passable would be fine with me. Are you okay with losing the first round pick next year? Because that kind of goes hand in hand with being passable. Yeah, I am. No, I'm I'm okay with it. If I I think that's Knowing one of those. Oh well, it converts to two seconds after next year. No, no, I, I do understand that. Uh, I think if you're in a playoff position um, at, at that point, I'm perfectly okay with it. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I, I see the case for it. I mean, you know how I feel about this. I, my first and foremost hope for the Cavs is that I have fun watch. Excuse me, burp popped up out of nowhere. It's gross. Um, yeah, my first and first foremost goal with the Cavs is that I have fun when I watch them. 
um, uh, people with more time in their lives can can root for losses. That ain't me, bro. No, no, I, I get that. And honestly, like I, I think the Cavs are going to get another first next year. Um, I like they they turned Kyle Korver essentially into a first, and I, I think that they have some in an attractive set of expiring contracts there that teams will buy into. Okay, well, we can get some relief here and they might be able to help contribute. Like I do think someone's going to talk themselves into Brandon Knight helping them out. I I think John Henson can fall into that category because as you know, he's the second coming of Hakeem. And I, I just think that they're going to be able to add some talent in the draft. And at this point going for it, even if it costs your own pick, um, well, let's let's just put it this way. If they're good enough to lose the pick, it means that Sexton, Jetty, and whoever they drafted um, with one or both of their picks this year uh, is ahead of schedule and playing really well. Because I, I don't yeah, that's think kind of, that's kind of why I don't think they're going to lose the pick. Uh, regardless, is just because almost no matter what, they will be adding two nineteen-year-olds to their rotation. No, I, I definitely get that. But so, like, I think even if they're fun, they'll be fun in a way that still has them in, like, maybe picking sixth or seventh, kind of like the Nets pick with slotted to land, you know? Right, and as you and Nam had kind of said uh, on the last podcast, the benefit of the new lottery odds is while we're getting yeah. screwed this year, it's going to be in our favor moving forward. So Yeah, being in the lower middle class is probably the be- the best spot to be in right now. Uh, in the NBA or closer to the be- – well, it's probably still better to be at the top of the draft odds uh, just because it's always going to be incentivized that way. But, like, it's never been better to be a lower middle-class team that's trying. Yeah, and I'm I'm still really excited from when Trevor told me, yeah, that with that second Cavs pick, you're, you're probably getting into, like, kind of like a jetty tier where you can kind of find another one of those guys. And um, another fun player that's worth getting invested in would, would – be really really great and plus dan's gonna spend all his time worrying about the top pick that the front office might actually get to pick the second guy <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's a little too real sorry. for me sorry that's a little too real especially when we're there. talking about how much more enjoyable this season I know. like this I is know, i know i know that was mean teams that the Cavs are probably having more fun than like the lakers and celtics obviously come to mind Maybe even the Warriors, because like they seem to be miserable. Like our our good friend Jacob uh, seems to be really struggling with this season. The only ones that really seem to be thriving are Sam and Andy, and that's only because they've gone like full talk radio host with it. Like yeah, I had, well, literally talk radio. They're getting and, fucking radio gigs. Yeah, they they literally got a radio gig because they leaned into it so hard. So um, it's which again is just they are getting so insufferable and I both love it and hate it. It it's, it's a lot to witness. Yeah. yeah I think their anti LeBron Infowars propaganda is making me stand harder and I don't appreciate it. Yeah. I, I think, I think it's fair to blame them for us not being able to enjoy it as much this year. I a hundred percent agree. Cause I do think like, I, I are you going to be bummed when the playoffs start and LeBron's not there? Um, I know you've really enjoyed this even more than I have. I do think it's a bit of a bummer. Um, I do think the talk that 
Like, I, I do think the league's going to lose some money from it. But, but I, I think, think they're going to lose a lot. But I, I do think that they, oh, my God, this is terrible for the league. It, I, I think that's overblown. Like, it's not really going to change a whole lot for the long-term health of the league. No. But I do think it is a disaster from a, a ratings perspective because nobody's going to give a shit about that first round. No one's going to give a shit about the Eastern Conference Finals, Justin. Well, tell, tell me people are really going to tune in in big in droves to watch the Bucks, who are getting no coverage whatsoever. Well, I mean, you, you have I've a point. And I, I, I would say, I would say that LeBron regrets leaving the East if it wasn't for what Rich Paul said, where it's, man, if we're losing in Philly, we'd be like, man, I should have gone to L.A. But in L.A., I'm like, huh? We should should figure this out but at least we got good weather <laughs> yeah i guess i don't know I, I just i don't think i've ever seen a team as good as this bucks team with a star as cool and marketable as Giannis that has made no cultural has no cultural penetration like nobody in the whole country knows that the bucks are a historically good team right now no, no. And and, and I don't understand how. I don't understand how. They're so good. They're so much better than everyone else in the league except the Warriors from a talent perspective. And from a actual play perspective, they're I think the next closest team so they have their outscoring team is by nine point one points per game this year. The next closest team is the Warriors at five point eight. The gap between them and the Warriors is so goddamn enormous. Do you think because I, I know you and Ty had kind of compared them to the 2015 Warriors. Do you think this is going to go more the way the 2009 Cavs? Um, Where next year isn't as great. Um, people are, I, I, are going I'm to undermine this podcast. I'm more people, anxious than I, he is. I, I think people are going to forget how good the role players were the same way that they forget how well, like, Delonte fit Verjao, how good he was for the 2009 Cavs. That, that was a team that didn't have a lot of sexy names, but guys like uh like a brogdon or whatever that ended up really being helpful and fit really well with Giannis. i i do think that his supporting cast when some of this kind of fades away is going to be looked at as not very impressive probably but i would will say middleton's better than anyone lebron had that first run no and and yeah. some of these secondary guys like Brogdon, like Brogdon's averaging 16 points a game. Yeah, no, he's, he's been legitimately good. But, but that's my point. Like, I, I do think – I think what Brogdon is bringing is very similar to what Delonte brought. And I was – Yeah, but Delonte never put up numbers like that. Uh, wasn't he putting up like 15 or am I just kind of remembering everything? I feel like he was always around like 12 or so. Like, like get you a bucket every now and again guy. Yeah. Um, I'm currently – uh, currently googling but yeah I, I don't know I, I think that there's a there's a lot of ways this could go um, with them it kind of depends on how this summer goes nah, yeah who they right. bring back yeah you average around 12 yeah. uh, and the jump from 12 to like 16 17 is a big jump you know not a lot of guys can get that especially on a good team efficiently well um, I mean Mo is also there being awesome yeah, well, and Eric Blood, Eric Bledsoe is probably as this version of Eric Bledsoe is probably as good as that version of Mo. <laughs> yeah, but Mo's a champion. Yeah, doesn't it feel like Brooke Lopez is averaging more than twelve and four? Um, yeah, like I would say he's averaging twelve three point makes a game. That that would be my <laughs> in, guess. 
And that's not even like an everyone else is getting out of hand with it. It's like I feel like he's averaging like 20 and 8. <laughs> well, um, man, it looks like we're going to get a Suns win. So the, the Knicks are actually the only team that's eliminated from the playoffs right now. And the Suns are closer to us in the standing. So I, I think this is a real good night for the tank. Um, yeah. Hell yeah, brother. Because I think the Suns were going to be the team that catches us. And as I meant, oh my God, there went my voice. Yeah, I was losing my voice uh, earlier too. I had to hide yeah. the mute so I could cough. My goodness. But uh, yeah, with, with the Bulls winning and with our schedule, I think the only team that we'd be able to quote unquote catch in the tanking battle is the Suns. So I'm, I'm very, very happy about that. A tonight. cool three-game winning streak for the Suns if they end up pulling this one out. Not not too shabby. Not too shabby at all. Just one game back in the win and loss column. And we have a game left against the Suns this season. So yeah. And the Cavs are going to lose a lot of games moving forward because the, the schedule is very unfriendly. Yes, yes, they will. And uh, that's pretty much our deal for us. So I will certainly take that. Uh, is there anything that else that you want to talk about uh, before we wrap this thing up? Um. No. Oh, you know what? I had a talking point. I had a talking point I had forgot about. Oh, wow. Not not an actual talking point, but you had mentioned at one point that I'd be eating taquitos. <laughs> do you not care about my gluten-free living? I do didn't you know you were gluten-free. Do, do you not know your co-host like that? I didn't know you were gluten-free, Justin. I can't eat that. I can't eat the gluten. I'm sorry. It uh, It's worse. That's a joke, um... That's a joke I don't need anymore of, by the way. Have you noticed that every modern comedian, every every stand-up act, every modern sitcom, there's some fucking joke, oh, all these people are gluten-free now. And it's like, I've just been hearing that a variation of that same joke on every comic's, like, 10 minutes um, for the past, like, six years. It's not a new trend anymore. I demand we move on. <laughs> oh, want to know something weird that just happened? What? I was like, who is this random person that just jumped in my mentions? Because I tweeted out, I think Kevin Love is good. And then I get a, depends on who you ask. And then I look and I'm like, okay, what's this woman talking about? And someone's like, you don't think he's good? And they, she replies, I didn't say he wasn't good. But against that, I'd say Thad has his number. And then she goes on to say that she thinks Thad Young is better. Then I realize it's Thad Young's wife. <laughs> oh, my God. I was wait, like, wait, where is this? I don't even see it. I'm looking right now. Well, I haven't uh, retweeted or anything. But, Did she uh, quote tweet you? Yeah, she quote tweeted me. Ah, there we are. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll send that over to you. But, uh, yeah, that, that, that is hilarious. I, you know what? I agree. I think I think you know that that young's wife. You should ride or die for for old Kev there. Yeah, I'm. That's, I'm not. That's, uh, that's I'm a not, good wife. I'm not going to uh, clap back. And uh, I don't think either of our wives would be would do that. No, no, no. My wife would say that I'm trash. <laughs> and uh, her expression as I was jotting down my notes on being mad at you, um, kind of illustrated how trashy believes that I am. So um, I am, uh, again, I'm appreciative, Carter. You helped out while I was douching it up at Swim Up Bars, as you said, on both podcasts. Your intro was basically the same, which was really, really kind of unsettling as I was listening to the podcast yeah. back to back on the plane. 
so here's yeah i can i can uh you know peel back the curtain a little bit on the whole process there um i wanted to come up with something new um but you hadn't really given me any more ammo (laughs) (laughs) so i had to um i had to pivot i'm sorry that that's that's fair i'm i'm still a little shook that you and nam think that i'm hiding being a bro i i I just i compartmentalize things it's it well i mean i I don't think i'm ever hiding anything yeah you got iced at your wedding so (laughs) that's a good point i i mean you are what you are what i do on my own time is my own business i mean i i can be both things i can play up different aspects of my personality when i see fit it's just like like you're like a fraud yeah tristan's yo yeah exactly it's not like tristan's trying to sleep with a girl's courtside i mean he he knows when he the lights go on and it's time to to earn them checks he does that so that that's what i do um I will bro on my own time and you will continue to make fun of me for that. So, uh, of course, <laughs> thanks again though, for filling in really did appreciate it. Appreciate yeah, all of- next- I appreciate you preemptively cause I'm taking next week off. <laughs> <laughs> what you're taking next week off. I said it. This is news to me. It's not, you know, it's not, don't right. lie to our listeners. Like, by the way, I really don't like that. I know our this outro is taking forever, but and we've lost everyone by now. But I like that you took my signing my tweets from the Chase Down account, bit, <laughs> um, and then just basically did some identity theft. Uh, I, I've done that a couple times, just not with the, how you sign off. I'm I'm very glad that you gave me that ammo because I I needed that. I I love the idea of you signing off on it though, like people. <laughs> aren't able to tell the difference it's like hey does this tweet come from an asshole yes well i Just. mean I, I have my moments <laughs> you do have your moments but you have a different brand of asshole and yeah, that's uh very different and uh we we all love you for it so <laughs> thanks i can't again. believe you don't agree with my clippers uh, theory that they're full of shit they're getting kawaii that's fine but just the, we've had every We've had every Starlink to them for the last like two years. So I'm over it. I did love the uh, Tobias Fuke. Uh, yeah, thank you. Comparison that. That, <laughs> well, that is a very funny bet. So I'm glad you liked it. That was really I, that I one. think that's one of your better ones. But uh, you enjoy your time off. Um, I guess I'll scramble now. Now that you just sprung that on me. Um, Shut up. We literally talked about this before. Quit lying to the uh, listeners. I have no idea what you're talking about, but uh, thanks again, Carter. Thanks to our listeners for putting up with us. Um, I will continue to kind of rest and hopefully I got a little more juice next week. Mexico took a lot out of me. um, So I will try to bring it in Carter's absence as hard as he brought it while I was out. Uh, So thanks again. Remember, you can support the podcast by leaving a rating, review, subscribe, unsubscribe. And if you want to be part of our exclusive Discord chat, send a little screenshot of your review to chasedownpod at gmail.com. We'll be more than happy to send that link to you. So uh, until next time, go Cats.